Nehemiah chapter 4, I'm going to go back. I don't do this very often, but while I was seeking the Lord, uh, the Lord brought me back uh, to this same passage that we preached from last Sunday, or we tried to. You know, you'll never know until you've had to preach what it's like to have to preach a message, and then when you get through, you wish you had an opportunity to re-preach it. And uh, most most of the time, we don't do that. Uh, we don't go back and repeat, but I am going back. I'm not going to repeat the sermon, but I do want to go back to our text, Nehemiah chapter 4. I felt the Holy Ghost talking to me, and I hope and I am praying that the Lord will do so to you as well. I want to read verse number 2 alone, Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse number 2 said, And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? This is Sanballat, Phi's king. Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Very important questions. We dealt with that last week. In particular, two words, will they? And I pray that God will help me today. I feel a stirring in the Holy Ghost. I feel a, an unction in, in the presence of the Lord right now. I believe that God wants to transform some people's lives today. I, and I, I am not a believer that one service does all that, the trick. It, it, not, no one service does everything that I need done, but there are services that are pivotal. There are times when we come into contact with the presence of God that a door is open and we are given opportunity to move into another dimension and to move into a better place with God. And I believe that's what God is offering to some folks here today is a doorway. It's not the end. It's not the totality. It's the beginning. It's just the start. And if you'll take a step by faith through that door today, I believe God's going to do something that's going to revolutionize your life. My subject this morning is there is hope for the burned. There is hope for the burned or the hope of the burned. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As I mentioned a moment ago, last week we dealt with the two words forming the question of their intent. Will they, will they build again after such loss and devastation? Will they rise up from discouragement and with tenacity and courage and strength? Will they come up out of the ashes that have so affected and marked their lives? And will they have the strength to face their situation and improve their lot? pay the price and make the sacrifice and stay with it and finish what they started. That was the question that that Sanballat was posing. He wasn't sure that 
that the the Israelites had the courage to do that. He he wasn't sure. He was questioning whether they had the the wherewithal to face what they were living in and decide that it was time to do something about it. I remind you today of something that Brother Twentyer reminded me of after service last Sunday, and that is the human will is one of the most powerful issues in human life. The human will, it is so powerful that God will not violate it. That when you set your will in motion, that God acquiesces to that human will because it would not be in character with his love and his mercy to override what he had given to you that could transform your lives and allow you to have relationship with him. And when when the will is set in motion and when we determine that we are not going to stay like we are, that we're going to change and come out of it, there is no amount of loss and there is no amount of injury or hurt or devastation that anybody has lived through that can keep them defeated or beaten or broken down or dissolute. There is nothing that can stop somebody who says as the prodigal, I will arise and go to my father's house. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Amen. I remind you this morning how powerful that will is. But may I also remind you of something that I mentioned and I am drawn back to today. That there are enemies to that outcome. There are enemies to that proposition. Most importantly is yourself. I think we don't need a devil sometimes to be bad. We just have a tendency to be bad all by ourselves. We don't need a devil to talk us down or discourage us. We do a great job of doing that to ourselves. I am convinced today that the devil sits back sometimes and smiles because we are doing his work for him. We're telling ourselves we'll never be any better. We're telling ourselves this is the way it's always going to be. We're telling ourselves nothing will ever change. And the devil laps up his sleeve when he knows the fact that if you ever wake up and realize that there is hope for people that have been burned and hurt and discouraged and, and all that could go wrong, then something will happen that he cannot stop. Amen. He hates this service today. He hates what this service represents. Your flesh hates this service. That's why your flesh is tired on Sunday morning and it's not tired on Saturday morning. You can jump up and go shop all day on Saturday. Sunday morning comes around, oh, oh, I feel so bad. Why? Because my flesh doesn't like to have to come into the presence of a holy God. Because my flesh knows something's going to have to happen. Flesh is going to have to go down. He's going to have to go up. And so I don't need a devil to, to torment me and cause me to make bad decisions. I do that all by myself. I'm good at it. Amen. 
And he hates what we're up to. Your flesh hates what it will produce today. They hate the idea of the preacher that's up here right now trying to convince somebody that there's hope for the burned. That people that have been burned in their life don't have to stay in that burned condition. They don't have to stay scorched and marked and marred the rest of their life. But there's something that can happen that will transform their life and put them back in the place where they need to be and put them back into the fulfilling of God's purpose for their life. Hallelujah. Amen. My flesh is adverse to revival. My flesh is adverse to burdens and visions and passions and, and, and all that could bring change and improvement in my life and transformation. The devil hates those kind of words. That's why I believe they've been dumbed down and talked out of churches. And that's why you don't hear about revival in most churches anymore. Because we're afraid of what revival signifies. We're afraid of what could happen when a true move of God comes into our life and turns our world upside down and changes us forever. Amen. Amen. May I remind you again today of how important it is that you hear my message. Your enemy, my enemy, works overtime to keep me trapped, to keep me defeated and discouraged and depressed and downtrodden and demoralized and broken and oppressed and busted and disgusted. Amen. He works overtime to exploit our weaknesses. You know, I have my my worst enemy is my own voice that whispers in my ear when I have my hands raised. Who do you think you are? I know what you said this week. I know what you did this week. You hypocrite, you. You you you. If anybody knew the half of what you are. Oh, I can't believe you have the guts, the courage. I can't believe it. Folks, I don't know where else to go when you're in need. This is the best place that I know to get help. That's why I should be in here with my hand. I'm saying, Lord, it's not me. I need you. I'm lifting my hands up, not so I'm great, but because I need you and you are great. Hallelujah. The devil exploits our vulnerabilities, the areas of our life where we're sensitive. And I'm going to tell you something. When you've been burned, you you get real defensive. When somebody does you wrong, when somebody hurts you, when you go through crisis in your life and something singes you and it just, it takes the breath out of you, it takes the life out of you, it's hard to recover from that. So many times we live a long time in that condition before we ever have the, the guts or the courage to get up and do something about it. And so it is always that he exploits our vulnerabilities and our, our own failings and he focuses on our impossibilities and, and the, the, the difficulties and, and the cost and the sacrifice that's needed to make a change. You, you can't have a change without some kind of cost involved. I'm sorry. I know that's not something that's customary for churches to talk about in the culture that we live in because church is supposed to be me-friendly. It's supposed to be about how I like it. It's supposed to be the way I want it. And the reality is we need church that will transform us, not pat us on the back while we're on our way to destruction. We need somebody that will shake us and wake us up and say, hey, you don't have 
have to live like that anymore. You don't need to live defeated. You don't need to live weakened and demoralized. Nehemiah had come back to Jerusalem with a heavy heart from the reports that he had received about the condition of his precious city. And it wasn't long until he was overwhelmed by a burden and a passion and a vision to see a city restored. And the broken down walls in his mind were simply a reflection of a people that were also broken down, dispirited, crushed. They had been that way for a long time. The walls that were crumbled were living reflections of their own messed up condition. Stones represent more than material substance. They are more than just the material things of life. Scripture figuratively uses the stone as an emblem of humanity. Peter said we are, we are chosen generation. We're, we're a, a, a living stone. So we're not just some inanimate object, but we are divinely orchestrated and put together by God. And these stones that were laying on the ground were actually representative of their lives and their future and their hopes and their dreams and their purpose. It was no less hard. People that I love time to come into this congregation and see people People that I love with all of my heart. But I know they're not living up to their potential. I know what they're battling. I know that they are not doing everything they could for God. They are living with failure. They're living with defeat. They're living with discouragement. They're living with an overwhelming feeling that they'll never come out of this. They'll never get out of this fog. It will never change. It is heartbreaking for me to stand here and preach the way I do every Sunday and Wednesday and see people who sit occupied with their failure when their mind ought to be consumed with the possibility of what God could do in their life. He can transform your life and turn your life around today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I believe Nehemiah came to remind them that they were once a great city. They were once part of a great work. I believe he came to remind them that they needed to look at their lives and look at how they were living. The opportunity for change was before them. The opportunity for a a different life. No longer did they have to walk around the rubbish heaps. To live in constant reminder of what was, what used to be. Their failures, their shortcomings, their challenge to rise up. They are challenged to present their situation with a new courage. To rise from the ashes of defeat and humiliation. The courage that would breathe new life into them. New life. And I want to, I want to draw your attention today to two Two words that are in our text that I believe are critical for our service today. Number one is the verse it says, or the latter part of the verse it says, Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? The fallen, crumbling, burnt, ravaged stones. He asked, is there hope? Is there hope? 
that new life can be breathed into these burned stones? Can they live again renewed with purpose, renewed with a passion for God's will for their life? Will they get back to where they belong and will they fill the place that they have been called to fill? Amen. The first word is burned. Everybody say burned. Do I speak to some here today who have been burned by life? You've been burned. You've been through a difficult season of life. You feel dislocated. You feel like life has used you and thrown you to the side. Your life has been disrupted. You feel dislodged, displaced, disjointed. I don't feel like I belong. I I don't feel like I really know where I fit in anymore. Burned by the fires of disappointment. Burned by the fires of offenses. Burned by the fires of hatred and jealousy and betrayal and suffering painful losses and being cheated in life and injured and marred and marked and hurt by people who are closest to us. But your, your drive has been sucked out of you. You, you're here, but you're, you're dry. You're here, but you're fragile. You're here, but you feel so vulnerable. When stones, and these in particular were limestones, are burned, they tell me that fire literally sucks the moisture out of the stone so that it leaves them dry and brittle and fragile. Does that describe what life has done to some of you here today? Does it feel like it's been a long time since you've just had a refreshing, drenching rain of God's Spirit on your soul? Does it feel like that that it's been so long since you've really felt God touch you deep in your soul? You're still going through the motion. You're still living, you're still walking in the same circles. You're still occupying the same job, but you're so dry. You're so broken. You're so disoriented. You're, you're so confused. Don't be discouraged because there's another word that is spoken in our text that can help you. And that word is revive. Everybody say revive. Will they Revive the stones. I love that word revive. One of my favorite words in all of the, uh, of scripture. It, it comes from the Hebrew word kaya, which means to cause to live again or to give life or to make alive or nourish up, to recover, to repair, to restore, to refresh, to make whole. To be quickened from sickness, defeat, discouragement, faintness. To cause one to grow again. To cause one to prosper again. 
That's the word that God wants to speak into your life right now. It's time for the burn to understand that there's hope in this place today. That God can breathe on you. He can cause moisture to come back into your life. He can end the drought that you're living through. Hallelujah. He can cause you to feel his touch again. He can cause you to recognize his presence again. That's exactly what burnt stones need. What burnt people need. They need reviving. They need the tender care of God to just lean over them and breathe. That's one of the words that revive comes from. Breathe indicates what God wants to do. He just wants to breathe on me. He wants to cause moisture to come back in. He he talked about out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's gonna it's gonna come from within, and that that source has dried up, and you're still going through all the motions, and you still come to church, and you still sit on the pew, and you still get dressed up, and you still smile, but where nobody else can see, it's dry. I feel like I don't belong. I feel like I don't have a place anymore. I feel like I've been in a storm. I feel like I have been hurt beyond help. I'm telling you this morning, there's hope for those that have been burned. They need the word, the revived word. They need that refreshing. They need a resuscitating, a recharging, a re-energizing. They need God to repair some stuff that's been torn up. They need God to help them restore and put back in place and and restart life and put it back on track and place them back in usefulness. What the Holy Ghost spoke to me this week. What God was trying to help them understand that just as you take that stone that's been burned from off the ground and you begin to work it back into that wall, you're putting it back into its place of purpose. You're putting it back where it belongs. You're putting it back where I designed it to be. And the Holy Ghost sent me to tell somebody that that's what He's wanting to do to you this morning. He wants to pick you up and put you back into that wall where you can be useful to Him and you can Fulfill your purpose and you can do what God has called you to do. I would, somebody would hear me today that somebody would hear what God is speaking to you this morning. Amen. I asked my brother this morning, I thought I knew, but I wasn't sure. I said, how long had these walls been broken down? How long had these walls been laying in rubbish and rubble. You know how long? A hundred and forty-three years. A hundred and forty-three years. Now, I don't know how long it takes for you to get used to trash in your life. But I do know what happens. You can walk around it. You can live around it. And, and you don't even realize it's there. A hundred and forty-three years. They had walked around that mess. Everything dislocated. Nothing ordered. Chaos. It represented everything that was wrong on the inside of them. But they couldn't even seem to understand that those stones were nothing but a reflection of their own lives. And for a hundred and forty-three years, they had been walking around that stuff. And it took a 
Nehemiah to come along and say, hey, hey, you see what that is right there? You, you don't have to keep living like that. You don't have to, you don't have to feel dislocated. Maybe life isn't what it used to be. God, get over that. It's not what it used to be for any of us. I wish I could go back 40 years. I'd love to be 40 years younger to start a building program, but I'm not. I'm 62, and I'm going to tackle it and do just as good a job as I can right now as I could 40 years ago. But whatever the case, I am not going to sit down and say there's nothing that I can do about my situation because there's hope for the burn. There's revival for the burn. There's a breath that can come for the burn. There's something that can happen in your life that will bring you back into alignment with God's divine will and purpose for your life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is what the Lord spoke to me. When I... When, when James texted that to me, the Lord said, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Revival can change anything. Doesn't matter how long you've gotten used to it. You don't even notice. You know what? I, I, I'm a, all of this disruption and being out of out of place and not having our normal place to be in, it gets on your nerves after a while. I'm so grateful. I sat down in my office this week. They got carpet in it. I got the bookcases back in place, and I thought, man, it feels good. But I walked back up, and I started looking through things, and I started realizing this was unfinished. That was undone. And I'm thinking, we've been almost a year of going through this. And yet now I can walk by that situation and I don't even look at it. I don't even see it. I, I don't even realize it's that way. I need God to wake me up. I need Him to do something to these eyes so that I can see life fresh one more time. I need God to do something that's so divine that He will wipe away the bitterness. He will wipe away the hatred. He will wipe away all the disagreeable spirits. Everything that has tormented me and kept me trapped and entrapped in my own failures. Something that will open my eyes and let me to see that even as destructive as it may look right now, even as bad as the situation may be, all I've got to do is rise up and accept the challenge of the Holy Ghost that He can breathe on me. He can put me back in my place. He can order my life again. He can give me purpose again. He can do something with me again. Now, there's hope for the burned. In this place today, there's hope for the burned. It doesn't matter how long it's been. doesn't matter what you've been through. And I'm not trying to make light of what you've had to suffer. I'm not doing Anything to underestimate the pain that you've suffered. Life hurts sometimes. Hurts deeply. And there's days that you wish you could just pull the covers over your head and disappear. And you would that it would never have to come back. But I'm here to tell you that it's a, if it's a day, if it's a week, if it's a month, if it's a year, if it's 10 years, if it's a 143 year old problem, 
Nothing is impossible with God. Some of you need to say that over your marriage because you've had some problems for a few years in your marriage and you think, well, it's always going to be. No, 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 no. There's hope for the burned. And that hope is that God can brood, breathe over your situation. That if you put yourself in the right place, God can breathe new life into you. If you'll just put yourself, all they had to do is just get themselves close, put your hands on those stones. And God said, I'm going to empower you to put them back where they belong, put them back in their place. I'm going to help you find your place. I'm going to help you understand that you still are a part. I could have started all over. I could have called for the quarries to be open. I could have gone and gotten brand new stones and brought them in. But I don't want new stones. I want to revive these stones. I want to make you live again. I want to cause you to have glory. I want to give you the shout. I want to bring back praise into your life. I want to cause you to rejoice again. I want to cause you to shout again. I want you to be victorious. Come on, stand to your feet right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Oh, yes, 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 yes. My, I feel God's presence right now. I, I'm, 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 I feel like something sticks and break loose in my own spirit. I don't usually do that, but I, I, I feel like I need to be unloosed today. That I feel like you need to be unloosed today. I don't know what you've got to do to get out of that rut you're in, but whatever you've got to do, get out of it. Look around and see. Look at this, Nehemiah said. Look, you've been walking around this for 143 years. It's time for us to do something about it. Some of you have been hurt long enough. I'm going to tell you something. Hurt will never heal itself. It'll never heal itself. It has to be brought into an atmosphere in a condition where it can be healed. And that's what we do when we bring ourselves into the presence of God. When we submit ourselves to Him and say, God, I want Your will on my life. I feel dry. I feel like all the moisture. I feel like everything worthwhile has been sucked out of me. The life has been taken away. I'm still going through all the motions. I still, I still love You. I, I, I still think I do. I still serve You may not be serving you to the best of my ability, but I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not berating that, but I'm saying something. God wants to do something inside. You know what I fear? It's been a long time since some of us have been so, so overwhelmed in the presence of God that we just lose, lose consciousness of whoever is around us. We just, we're lost in His presence. I think most of you understand that that's what happened when you received the Holy Ghost. You, you lost track of this world when you made connection to that other world. Amen. It's been a long time since that's happened. We've got we've to be in control of our lives now. We, we, we don't believe in all that spooky stuff. This isn't spooky stuff. This is real life changing stuff. Amen. Revive.
God said, I want to breathe new life into these stones. I want to, I want to give you purpose again. I want to, I want to make you feel like you belong. Oh, I feel the Lord right now. I, I don't even know how to go forward because some of you need to begin to respond. You need to begin right now to determine, you know what, I'm not staying like this. I, I'm going to move up closer. I'm going to find a way to get involved. I'm going to find a way to get myself reconnected to God's divine purpose for my life. Amen. If you're hungry for that, if you're hungry for God just to breathe on your life, would you just slip out very quickly and meet me here at the altar? This is going to be a general altar service for everybody. You just need the Lord to breathe. You, you, you feel a little dry. You, you feel like you've lost your purpose. You feel like you don't belong. You, you don't have a place to serve. You, you, you don't have any kind of meaning in your life. You don't seem to have any kind of purpose. I'm just, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I'm just, Going through mechanics and I, I need a refreshing. I need, I need it. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Open your heart up to him right now. All over this building right now. Something, something's moving in this place. Something, this, I sense the breath of God in this place right now. I sense the Holy Ghost. I sense the Holy Ghost. I sense the Holy Ghost. Breathe life of God. Amen. He wants to breathe life into you. He wants to breathe hope into you. He wants to cause you to live again. Oh, 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 oh.